21 of Bet to Win. It is Thursday. I am Claudia Bellafato. He is Joe Fan, and we are here in the Blue Wire studio. What's going on, Joe? How are we doing? We're a week away from Thanksgiving. I know. You're going to go home. I'm excited. I get to go home for like a whole week in Boston. I haven't been do you home think they're gonna get? Do you think your family's going to be sick of you at that point? It might be the other way around. Uh, my, family, my family's very much like me, so it's just loud it's a lot and all of it together i'm just like all right it's, it's it's been a week i love you guys gotta go but i'm excited to watch some football with my dad and my uncles and yeah it'll be good any thanksgiving we'll talk probably talk about this on monday but any yeah. like bella Fado thanksgiving traditions uh we just get italian food we just eat a lot of italian food my mom called I'm me today she's like is that. it so wrong that like we don't really eat turkey i'm oh. like we're italian <laughs> I'm gonna be adopted in the Bella yeah, Fado family we, one of these we're years. We're gonna have to do like a segment on that before Thanksgiving because that's definitely important. I'll get on my soapbox uh, about what I think about Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Coming Monday. Come, coming Monday, everyone. What a tease. Stay tuned. Uh, we're gonna get into Week 11. We're gonna give you some winning picks. We've got an awesome interview today, but before we get to that, of course, we've got to get to our victory lap and hold this L. I'm gonna start with my victory. It happened in Monday Night Football. The Niners won as three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Rams. I said I was staying far away from this game in terms of sides. Thank God I did. Uh, but I went with a prop. Niners wide receiver Debo Samuel, over 71-and-a-half receiving yards. As predicted, they kind of spread him all over the field. Um, I mentioned he had at least 90 receiving and five of the eight. So he finished with 97 receiving, 36 rushing, two touchdowns. He went off, had a great game. Were you a little Minimal bit nervous sweat. when they started and he was getting four carries before he had his first reception? Yes, 100% always. Because I'm always like, should I take receiving? Should I take rushing with, with guys like him? And yes, I was definitely a little bit, but ended all right. He had a stellar game, so that's my victory. I had the, like, the backdoor sweat. At halftime, I took Van Jefferson over 51 and a half receiving yards, and he had 49 <laughs> at halftime. And you're thinking the Rams are trailing, so yeah. they're going to have to throw the football. There was no nerves at all. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a first drive of the second half cover, done deal, turn the game off. It's a blowout, move on. Mm -hmm. He only got one reception in the second half. Ended up covering, <laughs> but sweated unnecessarily. Oh. As the Rams a mess for the second week in a row. It's kind of the NFC West is sort of wild. There's this circle of life of Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll, who owns Kyle Shanahan, who owns <laughs> so like pass it on. Sean McVay. <laughs> it's like rock, paper, scissors sort of deal. And yeah. I, I guess Cliff Kingsbury kind of sitting in first place saying, I own all of you. Right? Um that game was wild. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. But it goes to show you that the underdogs in prime time, uh, Favorites in primetime are three in their last uh, three and fourteen in the last seventeen games. Mm. That's absurd. The man who tweeted that stat was Joe Osborne. He's our guest today, and I'm pumped to bring him in. One of the most entertaining figures in sports betting, especially on social media. He's a sports betting analyst for Odd Shark. You can follow him on Twitter at JTF Oz. Bring him in now, Joe. How's it going, brother? I appreciate your time. Uh, We've been friends over Twitter for quite some time, but it's great to have you, at least meet you virtually. Welcome to the show. Appreciate your time, man. It's great to see you. Man, I'm doing good. Another day on the grind. Thursday night football, of course. Uh, a bit of a funny-looking game. Everything points to one side, but we know how those games have worked <laughs> out lately, right? So makes things a little bit tricky, but I uh, I am doing good, and I am looking forward to Week 11 of the NFL season here. We will get to Patriots uh, and Falcons here in a moment. We had your former colleague at Odd Shark, Ian McMillan, on uh, in an oh, earlier yes. episode. 
We talked about his, you know, you guys are both Canadian and, and he has a love and affinity for the Falcons and you chose another Southeast team and, and it's the Miami Dolphins. We see the helmet behind you. How on earth does that happen for a kid <laughs> from, from Nova Scotia? You know what? Um, when I was a little kid, you know, you pick your teams for whatever reasons. And usually when you're a little kid, you hop on a bandwagon, you know, a team that's winning or, or whatever the case might be. Now, a lot of my friends uh, would have grown up during when the Cowboys won three Super Bowls in four years. So a lot of kids I know are Cowboys fans. And I didn't go that way. For some reason, I don't know the logic behind it when I was a little kid. I picked the Dolphins, and I have been miserable ever since. I think I've seen them play in two playoff games. Of course, they lost both of them. And I had a chance in high school, you know, or in my, my mid-teens when the Patriots and Tom Brady started that dynasty. I, I could have changed teams then uh, when it would have been acceptable. But now as a grown man, you just can't change teams. You actually you have can't. to feel it in your hair. Right? You do. The rare time. The rare time the Dolphins have a good game, like last Thursday night football game against the Ravens, who saw that coming, you actually feel it, and you feel good. So you can't just wake up one morning and say, oh, who's the best team? Okay, that's going to be my team now. I'm going to go buy their jersey. You have to actually feel it. And, uh, you know, so I the, the pleasure of being a Dolphins fan is very, very rare, but the uh, disgust and embarrassment, it's, it's almost weekly, right? So I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to stay here. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, when I get into my 50s or 60s, when I'm retired, hopefully I can sit back and watch a good football team. They I might told, have a year. I told, I told Ian this. I can relate to you as a Mariners fan with the longest playoff drought in, in professional sports. Yes. Uh, Claudia cannot because she's a Boston relate. gal. Yeah, I can't relate. Really and she's just a spoiled brat. Any end. And I adopted the Cowboys as my other team. So. <laughs> oh, classic. And the Duke Blue Devils. I adopted Devils. the Braves as my other joke. team. Uh, Joe, before we get into the NFL's week 11 um, and some maybe NBA trends that you've been seeing, I'm curious, what are your favorite betting markets? It's every personality in the space kind of has their, their niche. I, I, I'm still trying to find mine. I think my niche <laughs> is losing uh, is what I'm finding. Uh, but what about you? I, I know you're having the NFL. You love, you love baseball, um, but you're also in the NBA as well. Do you have maybe a, a top three of, of where you like to, to, to bet? <laughs> Um, a little bit of everything. I've been having a hard time reading spreads in the NFL this season, so I've been uh, having some success sticking with totals and teasers, staying away from props in the NFL for the most part. Major League Baseball, I keep it simple for the most part. I stick to first five money lines and full game money lines as well. I also like pitcher over under strikeouts, and I see a lot of books are now posting uh, pitcher over under outs recorded, which mm -hmm. is a prop that I like quite a bit. And then in the NBA, Man, just about everything. And that's what I love about the NBA, whether it be full game sides or totals. I like first quarter and first half bending. I think that you can find a lot of soft spots there. And also uh, the prop markets. I love every basically any prop you can bet on for the NBA for player props. Uh, I love it. But there's nothing more disheartening with NBA player prop betting, when you you can absolutely nail a pick, be dead on about it, but the game's a blowout and the player doesn't mm -hmm. come back into the game. That happened with me on, I think it was Tuesday night. I had Tyrese Maxey going over 16 and a half points. He's been the go-to guy with Embiid out of the lineup. Uh, I think he was averaging like 26 points in the four games of that Embiid. He has 16 points going into the fourth quarter. He just needs one more point. 
and he doesn't come back into the game, guys. So uh, you see that happen in the NBA. You see garbage time a little bit in the NFL where that can be impacted. You don't see that so much in Major League Baseball. Um, but, yeah, so I try to stay away from props and games that have, like, double-digit spreads where there is potential for a blowout. Uh, but I love just about everything. So not a big college football guy then, right? If you don't like those double-digit no. spreads. <laughs> yeah. And up here in Canada, you know, we don't really – college football isn't really on the radar yeah. so much. I've gotten more into it since I've gotten involved in the betting industry, of course, because it's pretty much second after the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't follow college football or even college basketball as closely as uh, the professional leagues. Yeah, I still am astonished every week to see those 40-point spreads. I'm like, I'm staying far <laughs> away from that. Uh, you mentioned my Patriots tonight. All, all kind of signs lean in the Patriots' direction on the Patriots' side. But you mentioned, according to what we've seen so far, trends we like to call it, you're a little afraid to touch the Patriots here. So let's talk about those trends because I see on your Twitter you kind of sure. put out some factoids about it. And how much do you take trends into consideration when handicapping? Um, I still look at a, a matchup as a whole. That's what I analyze. Like, I don't consider so much like a league-wide trend. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at primetime games here lately, uh, the favorite is just 3-14 and 14 against the spread guys in the last mm -hmm. 17 primetime games. And we've seen examples where... Like last week, there was no case to be made for the Miami Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. Never mind covering the spread. They won that game outright, right? No one saw that game coming. And, you know, after the fact, people can say, oh, it was a letdown spot. It was a trap game. The humidity got to Lamar, which made no sense. The guy who grew up down in South Florida, right? Yeah. So after the fact, it's easy to say stuff like that. And even, you know, who had uh, the 49ers destroying the Rams on Monday Night Football? No so. one. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, but so, you know, the, these league-wide trends are always in the back of my mind, but it's how the teams matched up uh, statistically is always more important to me. You do have to consider uh, the game situation for each teams and things of that nature. But um, if it was as easy as how everything looks on paper, then we'd all be rich, right? So uh, this <laughs> thing isn't as easy as some might lead you to believe. That is true. Uh, looking at week 11, then you mentioned there's some weeks you just don't know if a team's going to win or not. They do. But then there's other games where you look at and you say, we don't like to really use this word, but that's a lock. You know, there's a side you're really confident in. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes a dog play where you're maybe confused why the line is set that way. So if you had a dog of the week and then let's call it a lock or two, what would you say your plays are this week? Yeah, there's a small underdog that I like, and I like a few totals. Um, so the underdog that I like is the Saints, plus one and a half in Philadelphia. And I think that line is is a little funny here, right? I don't think it adds up. So they're plus one and a half in Philadelphia. And they just came off a game where they were a three-point dog versus the Titans. So you compare those two lines, and you're telling me that the Titans, who are tied for the best record in the, in the NFL, they're only a point and a half better than the Eagles. Now, I know it doesn't always work like that, right? But you look at the Saints team as a whole going back to last season, and they've been undervalued quite a bit. And as a result of that, they're they're on a pretty good run, 13-6-1 against the spread in their last 20 games. And they have some very impressive wins this season. Obviously, we saw what they did to the Packers in week one. That's a bit of a write-off for some people, maybe. But they mm -hmm. also have wins over Tampa Bay and New England. Meanwhile, you look at the Eagles, and look at their four wins this season. 
Um, you know, you give them credit for winning, but you do have to consider the competition here. They beat the Falcons, Panthers, Lions, and Broncos. Uh, New Orleans is the number one team in the NFL against the run, and that's uh, the Eagles' greatest weapon on offense. So if they can uh, nullify that a little bit, I think they can take care of business um, and maybe even pick, out the, uh, pick up the outright win. Now, for my favorite total of the week, uh, I'll go to the Packers versus Vikings game. It's a total of 49. I like the under on this one quite a bit. And take a look at uh, Packers games so far this season. Average combined score of just 39.6 in their game so far this season. That is the second lowest in the NFL. They've gone under eight of 10 games. And you got to give their defense a lot of credit. You know, no one had the Packers defense on the radar as a top yeah. defense in the league coming into the season. But third fewest points per game allowed, third fewest yards per play allowed. Uh, Minnesota is also on this crazy under run at home. All four of their home games have gone under average combined score, just 35 points. And aside from one or two games, Mike Zimmer's done a pretty good job at uh, keeping Aaron Rodgers from going off mm. over the years. Um, so I like the under 49 in that one quite a bit. And then another under I like in a, a game that people probably aren't very interested in watching I think it's going to be a boring one. I, th I hope it's going to be a boring one because I will take under 45 <laughs> between Ravens and Bears. Now, it's looking like it's going to be a sloppy day in Chicago, which always helps an under bet. It's going to be windy and a little wet. Um, and I think the clock's going to be moving all game long. These teams are first in eighth in rushing play percentage. The Bears are going to have a lot of trouble moving the football in this one. They're 29th in uh and scoring last in yards per play. Justin Fields has struggled a lot against the Blitz. No team in the NFL blitzes more than the Ravens. And a lot of trends point to the under in that one as well. So I'll take under 45 in Ravens, Bears, and hope for an absolute snoozer. So you're crazy because you actually enjoy taking unders. <laughs> I do. For some reason, I feel more comfortable. Every game, hey, every game is under until it's over. Yeah, right? that's true. Every game starts under, so... Um, and unders, you know, speaking of that, and in, in the NBA, uh, unders are hitting at like 61% so far this season. Really? So I, I did hit one last night, thankfully, but yeah, I am, I am a bit crazy like that. I enjoy <laughs> unders more than the over. Uh, Joe, looking ahead to one, you mentioned the Eagles is a weird team as a Miles Sanders fantasy owner in multiple leagues. The fact that they didn't use him, couldn't figure out how to run the football <laughs> until he got hurt. And now they're one of the best rushing teams in football is tilting to an incredible degree, had to get that off my chest because as you were going on your diatribe about the Eagles maybe being not that good and overvalued in this game mm -hmm. against the Saints, that was the first thing that came to mind. Now that the uh, the ghost of Jordan Howard back in Philly is dominating and Boston Scott continues to dominate Miles <laughs> Sanders on IR, an absolute zero for the entire season. Uh, looking at the futures market, the favorites to win MVP are Josh Allen at plus 225, Tom Brady at plus 350, then you jump to plus 600, with Matthew Stafford and the Super Bowl uh, numbers, Bills at plus 500, Bucks at plus 600, uh, and then Rams plus 700 accordingly. So the top three MVP candidates are the quarterbacks for the top three uh, teams to win the Super Bowl in terms of betting odds. Do, where do you see value there? Where are you looking down the road in terms of, of where these futures might land? Um, I do think Josh Allen's maybe a little bit overvalued in MVP markets. I would go for Dak Prescott if the season ended today. You know, what an incredible bounce back, not only from him, but uh, the Cowboys, and he's filling the stat sheet most of these games, putting up uh, great numbers, uh, whereas Josh, Josh Allen has been pretty inconsistent and has, has had some bad games. So I would go Dak Prescott, absolutely, 
for MVP. And it's kind of funny with uh, you're you're looking at uh, odds to win the Super Bowl, right? Like this time last year, remember the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Not a whole lot of people would have had them penciled in as their Super Bowl winner. They had they had a couple bad losses. Of course, we all remember that Thursday night in Chicago and Tom Brady didn't know it was fourth down. And, you know, that, that was a bit embarrassing. But I still think you do have to consider a team like the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they are coming off a couple ugly losses. But if that team, you know, when they do get everything right, like uh, earlier in the season when they hosted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably their best game of the season, they do have the ability to be the best team in football. Now their roster, it kind of... Uh, uh, stars and scrubs type of thing, uh, if you know what I mean, especially on the defensive end. But I would look at a team like that where you might be able to find some value where they are coming off a couple of very ugly losses in uh, in prime time where people might be beating them up a little bit. So I still think there's some value. There's still This is still a very long way to go here, guys, right? It's an 18-week season this year. So I, I think you can find some value with L.A. I think when you look at the Rams, they better figure it out. Otherwise, Odell Beckham's father is going to have some serious <laughs> words to say on social media. Uh, Joe, a lot, fun, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. I love the insights. You're a great follow on Twitter. Again, uh, Joe Osborne of Oz Shark. Follow him on Twitter at JTF Oz. You're the best, man. Appreciate the time and the insight and the analysis. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thank you, guys. Good luck to you. Good luck to all the listeners out there. How lucky am I? Two Joes on a Thursday, both super intelligent, dropping the betting knowledge on all of us. Is your coffee, is that, is that mug full of coffee? Is it a cup of <laughs> Joe? Oh, no, it's water. Oh. Um, <laughs> we talked okay. week 11 a little bit with a shot. the other Joe, but now it's time for you, Joe, and me, Claudia, to give our tail or bail bet. So we each have two games. And I'm going to let you go first because I'm a giver. So I am, I'm betting, I'm buying at the peak right now of these two teams. And, and maybe I will be on the wrong side of it. If the trends continue in prime time again, over the last 17 games, uh, favorites are three and 14 against the spread in these prime time games. But I'm still taking the Patriots minus six and a half against the Falcons. Nonetheless, I'm in. I'm in, baby. It took me a long time to get there. And I'm, I've now accepted that the Patriots aren't just like a competitive team that's tough to be on a week-to-week basis. They're a contender, and they can give anybody in the, in, in the AFC or NFC, for that matter, problems. You look at them as one of the most complete teams in football. They defend well. Matthew Judon, Matt Judon has been tremendous in terms of you know, they're getting all the value of that five-year contract, nine and a half sacks so far this year. He seems like every single series he's making a play or two. Offensively, their, their off-season acquisitions, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, uh, John o. Smith has been hurt, but previously he was making play. They're just stable of running backs. Then you have Mac Jones, who's continuing to ascend on a week-to-week basis. This Falcons team was overachieving for a while. Going into last week, they were in the, the playoff picture as the seventh seed before getting blown out by the Cowboys. I think this team is going to continue to fade as the season goes on. They just don't have enough defensively. Matthew St- or Matt, Matt Ryan has been impressive to this point. But again, limited in terms of their running game is non-existent. They don't have Calvin Ridley right now. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of, of Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. They just don't have enough there. Mm-hmm. I anticipate the Patriots uh, dominating this game. Um, and so I am comfortable taking them at minus six and a half. 
Yeah, and Patterson, too, is a game-time decision, so that's another reason, too. I mean, I'm going to lean the Patriots here, but another issue for the Falcons. Uh, I agree. There's really nothing that I disagree with there. And the Patriots' defense has improved, too. It's almost like I've – I guess now people are really talking about them, but their defense and DVO rankings, so, like, overall defense compared to every team in the NFL, went from 13th to 5th. You mentioned Mac Jones has just been stellar. They're they're so spread out on the offense. Um and it's really just the opposite case for the Falcons. They're the worst team in DVOA. They're giving up the second most points a game, nearly 30 behind the Jets. And they just got crushed by Dallas. Uh, I agree. Overall, Patriots are rolling. They seem to be heading in different directions, so I'm going to tell you there. It's hard to – you don't want to overreact to a game against the Browns when they, they – but Cleveland's a good team. Yeah, good team. And defense, they beat them 40 yeah. – they embarrassed them. They went on a 45-0, a casual 45-0 run. After the Browns went up 7 nothing, They've only allowed 13 points over the last two weeks. Carolina's not great offensively, but scoring 24 points against that defense is impressive. I- I'm in. I'm in on the Pats. Let's hope we don't jinx it, shall we? <laughs> I'd like to uh, we win. Won't. I, I, yeah, I would like you to win, and I'd like me to win also. Uh, I'm going to go with the team that I always say I have adopted because I sort of have uh, my Cowboys. <laughs> Plus two and a half at Chiefs Sunday afternoon game. Total set at 56. Chiefs money line minus 145, Cowboys at plus 125. I think the bottom line here is I'm not going to rag on the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs' offense is good, but the Cowboys' offense has just been more consistent in the pass and run game all season long. They lead the NFL in total yards and points a game. Dak Prescott was ranked as the top quarterback by next-gen stats in Week 10, Week 11, uh, leading up to Week 11. And on defense, that's the issue for the Chiefs, right? It's their defense that, while they have improved – is among the league's worst in yards per game allowed. And we, we say they've improved, but that was against a Raiders offense. That's a mess. It was against Jordan Love, Daniel Jones, not exactly up there with the Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott. So, and again, I don't know if I'm just like a hater, but everyone was saying Patrick Mahomes looked like he was back, but sample size people, it was one game. He still has 10 interceptions on the season. Um, and he's going to be feeling pressure here because the Cowboys have a top 10 pass rush, according to PFF. Love that website. Uh, tied for second in interceptions, fourth overall in DVOA. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I honestly think just two and a half, getting two and a half, seems like it's on the wrong side. So I- I'm definitely going to go with the plus point, plus points here. Eight and one against the spread overall in the last nine games. Clean against the spread record on the road. Cowboys locking uh, it in. I'm going to follow you and take America's team here at plus two and a half. I think also both of our picks are you know, even just those two games, a great teaser card, getting the Patriots to a pick them and then the Cowboys yeah. up to eight and a half. Love that. I love both of those. I'm all over the Cowboys here. Give me the better team getting points. Absolutely. I know that the Chiefs were tremendous against the Raiders um, on Sunday Night Football, but I think this Cowboys team is arguably the best in football. And you take away that Broncos game and every team has had that clunker now. I'm trusting what I've seen over the first two plus months of this season compared to the Chiefs, where they've been averaged to poor more often than not. And yes, they've gotten they've had some bad turnover luck to where, you know, a year ago they had the best turnover luck in the league. But the defense is still, I'm still not buying in. And I want to see Patrick Mahomes do it again for a second week in a row. He was impressive. He did, he did a nice job taking what was given to him, getting his guys in space. Uh, obviously, Darrell Williams did a huge game. Tyree Kill... Travis Kelsey, a lot of it was short and intermediate. It wasn't necessarily just chucking it downfield and searching for the explosives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the Chiefs can get by with that. And this should be a shootout. This could be a lot of fun. 
Uh, but I'm I'm taking the Cowboys here. I, I want to make the Chiefs prove it to me. So I I, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, I talked about buying two teams high, the Patriots being one who has big favorites. I'm taking another favorite, the Panthers, minus three and a half against Washington. Washington coming off of the huge win against the Bucks. Again, I'm, I'm trusting what I've seen throughout this season. And I know the Panthers' offense has been super up and down, mostly down over the course of the last month plus. But now Cam Newton's back, baby. Now Christian oh. McCaffrey's back, baby. Mm. And this is an offense to me that is, isn't going to be a juggernaut, but can be serviceable. When you talk about getting Robbie Anderson involved, DJ Moore still didn't do a whole lot against the Cardinals, and they dominated that game. And what have the Panthers done all season long? They've played defense. Stephon Gilmore oh, yeah. has a couple of picks since being acquired via trade. Uh, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, one of the star free agent signings of the league. We talk about how good Matt Judon's been for the Patriots. Hassan Reddick has been just as good, if not better, coming over from Arizona to Carolina with nine and a half sacks. I like Carolina here. Washington, that defense is without Chase Young for the rest of the season. I'm not buying the offensive performance that we saw a week ago against the Bucks. Give me the Panthers, minus three and a half. I'll lay those points. So two road <sighs> favorites, which is a dangerous game to play. It is. But I am going to play it. You know, I'm staying away from this game. But for this segment's purposes, I'm going to have to fade you. You're bailing. Cam is back. But is he really back? We saw one game, people. And let's talk about we what, like we saw. Eight snaps. what we saw. We saw, we saw literally like eight, eight snaps. snaps and a touchdown from and the I'm one. In. I don't and a rush the deep touchdown end. from the one. Like, let's relax. The last time we saw Cam, um, he finished as one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and overall DVOA. Uh, one of the worst in terms of deep ball attempt percentage. Okay, we get it. That's not really his thing. So they can run, lean on Christian McCaffrey, like you said, sure. But Washington is allowing the six fewest yards a game on the ground. So I just, mm, I can't do it. If Cam comes out in this game and he does, like you said, yes, Washington just beat the Bucks, which is also sort of like in my head. It's like, oh, if they can do it to them, they can probably do it to Cam. Um, but I, I, I want to say, like, I, the expectation isn't that Cam is an MVP candidate. The bar is so low because Sam Donald is playing so terribly. I think for me, that's where I, I buy in a bit because yeah. I just have more faith in Cam being serviceable. Even you look what we did with the, the Patriots last year. Yes, he wasn't great, but he's serviceable. And if you can limit turnovers, you know he's going to be a factor in the red zone. You lead on Christian McCaffrey. Your defense could potentially give you a short field or two. That's the bar. I don't want to sell this as, oh my gosh, we're looking at former NFL MVP Cam right, Newton right. coming back and it's the storybook. You know, I think he's just going to be so much better than Sam Donald because Sam Donald was so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, if they win this game or if they do cover, it's going to be their defense because their defense is what has been keeping them in game to, or winning them games. But I just I just can't do it. Fair enough. Um, I just can't. Not it's for right. that one. You know, sometimes we got to disagree, Joe. It's all right. <laughs> and then yeah. you can brag. And I won't take it personally. <laughs> Good. That's why I love you. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I hate you, but like. I won't take it personally. I hate you. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, that's uh, good. It's I nice, got the Chargers. Nice <laughs> I got the Chargers minus five. It's up to six and a half now. Um, down on in, in some books because because of questions surrounding Big Ben. But I did take the Chargers minus five at home against the Steelers. As long as it stays away from seven, I think I like this. Uh, the Chargers offense has stalled. The run defense. 
definitely still not good, but their pass defense still ranks third. They've been playing good teams closely, which I do think is important. And Justin Herbert's still a top 10 quarterback statistically and much better than whoever it is, Mason Rudolph or Big Ben. And he has the weapons. Austin Eckler against the Steelers defense that has allowed the most yards per carry in the last three games. And if you just look at the Steelers here, I mean, they couldn't even beat the Lions, right? That game was so hard to watch. Oh, it, I didn't watch it. I literally like had it on and I was like watching from the corner of my eye. I was like, that's disgusting. Uh, but I also had the Steelers in that game, so... Their only impressive win since week one was against the Browns, and we just talked about the Browns. Now they're traveling to the West Coast, so I definitely take that into account. Several players on IR slash COVID, including Big Ben, their safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, leading tackler, linebacker, TJ Watt, their guard, Kevin Dotson, will not play. Wide receiver, Chase Claypool, is questionable with the toe injury. I would really say that the injuries alone make me feel good kind of laying the points with the Chargers here, but all of those reasons combined are my reasons why. I will not put any money on Mason Rudolph. Absolutely <laughs> not. But, like, I wouldn't it, even put my money on Big Ben. That so. guy, he looks like he's playing flyers up every time he throws a pass more than 10 yards. All right, here we go. This one's worth 10 points. Who gets it? Yeah. That game was excruciating mm. to watch. It's also shocking that they've played Mason Rudolph in a number of games over the last couple of years. And at no point have they been like, we've probably got to get another yeah, backup quarterback. Anyone. Because we know Ben is not very good anymore and we should have someone there that could help us win a game. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is a tough watch. The Chargers have been a tough watch of late. But yeah. I, will, I will absolutely tell you here. I just want to see more from the Chargers passing game. Yeah. If you look at Justin Herbert's passing charts, everything is really short and intermediate and there's nothing vertical. Mike Williams clearly isn't right. I was shocked they didn't go add Deshaun Jackson. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Chargers here. I want to see more from them, though. To me, this is a team that's too talented to be so punchless. Um, and I, I just look at them, and soft is a very strong word when you're talking about professional <laughs> athletes. But this defense feels that way. Um, you know, Joey Bosa's uh, and Jerry Tillery, you already talk about how bad that, that – uh, run defense has been. What's it going to look like without those two who are on the COVID list? You know, this could be the Najee Harris game where he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year in one game. Um, that's possible here. That's just there's so many very. I, I, I likely will stay away from a betting standpoint. Maybe tease the Chargers down to plus one and get them in a pick them. Yeah. Um, but for the the sake of this segment, I will absolutely tail you because I can't fathom <laughs> bailing on this pick and going with Mason Rudolph. I agree. It's a good two spot. There's a lot of these games which are like staying under a touchdown, which I like, but I'm still like, mm-hmm. and that's why sides are just, ee. and we have some props we'll talk about later. <laughs> but before we do that, let's talk college football because the season crazy is winding down. It's the battle for playoff and both team spots. And Joe, I'm going to let you go first here, and I'm going to see if I tailor bail you. Okay. I'm going to go Colorado plus six and a half against Washington. Colorado's terrible. Um, but Love so that. was just, Washington. That's it. <laughs> this is more of a diatribe I wanted to go on just about my Washington Huskies. An embarrassment of a program that had to, had to fire their head coach less than two full seasons into his tenure. It's, it's interesting. Washington State fired Nick Rolovich because of COVID protocols. He wouldn't get the vaccine. And Washington high, uh, fired Jimmy Lake due to just general incompetency and also a couple altercations with his players. 
neither of those coaches in their 10 years ever coached in an Apple Cup because there was no Apple Cup last year because of COVID. Mm. And now they're not going to make it to see this one, which is wild. I digress. So now it's who's going to be Washington's next head coach. Top three program on the West Coast. It's USC, it's Oregon, it's Washington. And I say, does it matter? Because you're from the East Coast. Does anyone give a damn about the Pac-12? No. Is West Coast college football relevant at all? So, no. yes, it's a top three program on the West Coast. Great. You can potentially hire a coach over Oregon State or Arizona. Wonderful. But how many Power Five coaches from the Big Ten, Big 12, certainly the SEC, you name it, are looking at this job and saying, I can go win at Washington and make this team a powerhouse again. As a Seattle native, there's such an arrogance about Washington. And, oh, this is just the, the, a crown jewel of a program. You come to Seattle, and it's a hotbed for recruiting and this and that. This program is such a nightmare right now. It's going back into the Tyrone Willingham dark ages, and it's just depressing to think about. And so I can't even consider laying six and a half for Washington which leads me to taking six and a half for Colorado. Tail it, bail it. I would just ignore it altogether, but I just had to pick that game just so I could complain about how embarrassing and pathetic these Washington Huskies are. I'm done. I'd, you can just move on to your game if you'd like. I had to just pick that game is what he said. Honestly, infuriating. <laughs> I'm just going to poke just the bear. Gross incompetence. I'm going to poke the bear because I'm oh. actually going to fade you here. <laughs> Washington's pass defense is, is one of the better ones in college football right now. They're, they're only giving up – actually, they're the best, giving up 136 passing yards a game, And if we're talking yards per game, at which I know their defense isn't just going to win games, but they're 7-2 and two against the spread in the last nine. Colorado has one of the worst passing offenses, and their run game is all right, but it's not good. Under a touchdown, I, I got to go with Washington here. I love it. I'm going to go with Tell your Claudia. team that you're fading. <laughs> They're just so – they hired an offensive coordinator who was like a running, back, running backs coach in the NFL. I'd never had a track record of being a successful offensive coordinator. Mm. The hire goes predictably terrible. He gets fired a week before Jimmy Lake gets fired. And then you're like, oh, how could this possibly have gone wrong? I have no idea. Well, I'll go with the better uh, defense then. But my play of the week is Kansas State at that even money at home against Baylor. I'm calling it now. This is going to be a letdown spot for Baylor. They're a very good team. But on the road, one and four against the spread in the last five as a road favorite. Yes, they just knocked off Oklahoma. But before that, lost to TCU. Three and six TCU on the road. Plus, big win hangovers, they're a thing. They're now facing seven and three Kansas State. That is peaking at the right time on a four-game win streak. The defense has allowed just 39 points in 14 quarters. Quarterback Skylar Thompson has one of the best completion percentages in FBS. And even more, he's playing in his last home game on senior night. I love a good senior love night. love that. They come out with mom line. and dad. Yeah, come on. All the crying moms. So come proud on. of you, baby. <laughs> a boy. A boy. Oh. And, uh, Joey. Oh. <laughs> that seems like that was enough for you, but if it wasn't, they're not getting any points. Was that points. not a good senior <laughs> no, night that, impression? That, that was. That okay. was. Clearly, you sound like you're with me. I've but got a proud mom act the, down pat. <laughs> there's some fishy lines, right? There's some questionable lines on this slate. This is one of them because they're not getting any points against a number 11 ranked team in Baylor. So it seems a little weird. Like maybe there's something else that I'm not getting that that's working in Kansas State's favor. But either way, I'm going to go with Kansas State here. What, what's the line again? It's even money. It's even money. Yeah. Pick them. 
I'm just gonna fade you. I'm just gonna bail just for the sake of bailing. So just <laughs> give me the bears. Me, right? <laughs> Go bears. Take Baylor. <laughs> screw me. Yeah, uh, all right. Much. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> geez, Joe. <laughs> Taggers. Let's do winning picks, but before that, we gotta talk about this promo because we love free money. Bet five dollars to win four hundred. New users only. Any game, any team. Spread money line over under odds minus one twenty or greater. That's free money right there. If you so. could pick it right. <laughs> if you could pick it right. And you, ah. and, you and I crush sides. I was gonna say, me and Joe are giving out some pretty good winners over here. Speaking of winners, winning picks. I hope. <laughs> Speaking of winners, Joe, what's We're your winning We're coming off pick? wins. We both got we wins are, we on Monday are. night. We love that. I am four and one up to two point six years. You're crushing it. You have back to back months of of dominating these winning picks. Uh, I'm looking to get back to five hundred. I'm going to take the Cowboys money line at plus one twenty five. If you're like me and Claudia, because this is Claudia's you know second yeah, favorite that's team. My team. <laughs> if you are a believer in the Cowboys and think they're the one of the best teams in football and have a chance to make the Super Bowl. You should go bet them right now, mm-hmm. the futures ticket, to win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 900, which is still plenty of value, in my opinion, for a team that's shown as much as they have on both sides of the football and have the resume they have so far this season. Because if they go on the road and beat the Chiefs, that number will dip tremendously. Yeah. We still see the respect for Kansas City. It's obviously shown in this line. It's been shown every single week, even though they have struggled to cover spreads all season long, even going back into last year. The Cowboys are the better team. Offense has been more consistent. It's a better running game, more t- uh, targets in the passing game. Yes, love Travis Kelsey, love uh, Tyreek Hill. Give me Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper. Give me Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Give me, heck, give me Dak Prescott. All in on Dak. Give me that offensive line. Mm. Taking the Cowboys money line at plus 125. Not even the points. Money line. Cowboys win in Kansas City at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Dog of the week. I'm with you. I love that play. My winning pick is in tonight's game. I'm going with Patriots wide receiver Kendrick prop Bourne. Queen. Prop queen. Oh, I hate that. Everyone calls themselves a prop queen. I'm just Claudia. Just doing my thing. Uh, Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne over 34 and a half receiving. Joe, he's hit this over in all but one of the last four games. He just had 98 receiving against a good Browns defense. Now facing a Falcons team that has the third worst pass defense by DVOA behind Jacksonville and the Jets. He leads the team in receiving yards, and he's seen at least four targets in the last four games, so it's not the most targets on the team. Not crazy high, but he's still getting more yards than Jacoby Myers, who has almost double the targets this season. He's top 10 in wide receiver catch rate. I'm confident he gets it done tonight. I like that. I'll tell you, you're the prop queen. I'm going to continue to call you the prop queen, even if you don't want that nickname. It's a nickname. It's stuck. They're going to make a graphic for it at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> like everyone else. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard anyone else call themselves a prop queen. Really? And if uh, they are, my, I got my, blinders my girl, on. My girl, Arielle Epstein over at Yahoo, she's she, she's the one who got me into betting. So she, I, I feel like she has to be the prop yeah, queen. Yeah, I don't know her, so that's cool. I, I respect to her, but you are, you're my prop her. queen. Respect oh! to my prop queen. How about that? <laughs> that was so cute, Joe. This is a good episode. This is a good day, y'all. <laughs> I faded a few of his plays. He faded mine for no reason at all, but, but it's all good. But we came back home. We came back <laughs> home. Hugged it out at the end. All right, me and you are going to go hug. We will see you guys on Monday. That's episode 21. Have a great Thursday, Friday, and weekend.